we're here getting ready. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, we're just going to not talk about true crime today. We're just going to get ready on camera. We're just going to look at ourselves, mess with our hair. I mean, we, we've kind of done that before. Yeah. So it was pretty entertaining, I, I'd have to say. Yeah, absolutely. So... Well, how are things? Good. Um, I'm loving this. What? I'm. I'm oh, it's still together. so crazy. Like all the episodes are gonna be like this now. I know, and you all better fucking love it too. Mm. 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 Or we'll beat you up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure you love it too. I mean, it's nice to see us together. Yeah. And we have Way a lot easier. of fun. We have so much fun. I don't have any news today. I want to talk to you about one thing. I haven't said anything about it oh, to you for a reason. Okay. Tinder swindler. <gasps> okay. Yes. Was yes, that yes, yes, wild? Yes. What are your thoughts? Tell me your okay. thoughts. First off, go watch Tinder Swindler on Netflix. Netflix. It is so good. Um, and don't listen to this part because we're going to do all the spoilers. Yeah. So I... Okay. At first I felt... I Man, I hate to victim blame... Hate to victimize. Oh, I know. I just personally, even with like in serious in a serious relationship, like long term with someone, would hesitate the push that that guy was giving those girls about send me this, send me that. Hundreds like, at of no thousands point, of dollars. At no point they weren't like, wait, he's a billionaire. Why is millionaire? Why why doesn't he have ten thousand dollars or thirty thousand yeah. dollars? And right. even with his excuses of, like, people are going to kill me, they're going to beat me up, they shut off my credit cards, then I'd be like, okay, well, go sell your own clothes, go sell your own stuff, like, figure yeah. it out. What about, like, his last girlfriend that sold all his, like, designer shit? That's amazing. Oh, I know. I would have done the same thing. I would have done the same thing, I, too. And, but, in but on playing devil's advocate here, if yeah. that was her thought, then like why earlier didn't she think? I know he could go sell all his stuff I know. if he needs. To why would she give him like, that money? That's a watch for him. I know. So I thought it was fascinating. In the end, ultimately, I obviously feel horrible for these girls because they did oh, it out of sure. love. Yeah, they all did it because they wanted to help. They did it with good intention. But right. Like, the, the the two blonde girls are left with hundreds of thousands of dollars. In, I know that they can't pay off. Did you see that they have a GoFundMe? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what else are you gonna do? Yeah. It's that or go to jail. And he didn't even go to jail. No. Like he didn't even really get in trouble. No. And I don't know this how. This is so wild. I mean, he. That's fraud. It's fraud. He it's created fake passports. Forgery. He stole. Yeah. I mean, stolen identities. Like, how even is he not? There was one thing that was like, well, these girls approved the transaction. I'm like, but under fraudulent circumstances. Right. It was like all they, lies. It wasn't real. So it's kind no. of like saying, yeah, you can have Here's a thousand dollars, but then they go and like pay a hitman with that thousand. Like you would be an accomplice. Yeah. But you exactly. didn't. But you didn't know, so that would kind of like exonerate yeah, you. Yeah, I, I know. know. It's so wild. So I it blew, you watched it. It blew my mind. <laughs> I know when I watched it the the night that I watched it or whatever, I was like, holy shit! And then yeah. I looked him up on Instagram. I did the same and I thing. saw that he was still on Instagram and yep. active. 
And then I like Googled his name and I'm like, oh my God, he still has Tinder. And then a couple of days later, it sounds like Tinder Swindler is no longer able to have a Tinder ever. Like Good. indefinitely. I'm so. not for deplatforming people, but that, but that's that, dangerous. Yeah, that's very dangerous. And what was the, the other thing? Oh, um, so on his Instagram, it looked like his original account got deleted. Yes. So this is like his backup account. Because yeah, people kept like... Uh, Probably reporting, reporting him his stuff. account. Yeah. yeah. But he's, all of his posts are about his stuff, oh, his yeah. money. I'm like, you have no, oh, that was the other thing is on one of his posts, it said, I really need Netflix to reach out to me to get my side of the story. Yeah. But like, they're not telling my side. out to him. But they did. They say yeah. that at the end of the, yeah. the documentary. Yeah. And he had nothing to yeah, say. He's a liar. I know. So I'm Such glad you watched that. Um, so. So, continuing, our Something Spiked is a oh, yeah. cool little bottle of wine. Carnivore. Carnivore. I was thinking this was definitely by Apothic, but now that I read it, it's carnivorewines.com. Mm. It just looks like Apothic, and it was next to Apothic. And there's a hair yeah. on it, so. Mm. Little protein. Little protein. Um, so, are you ready yeah. to dive in? Are you ready? Okay, drinking word. Stalker. Ooh. Stock, stalker, stalking, corner okay. stock, stock a corner. <laughs> okay. Two corner, different directions. Corner stock. Two different words. Stock market. Stock market. <laughs> okay, got it. Yeah. Um so our videos and podcasts are for entertainment purposes. All information discussed was found on the internet. Keep in mind we will talk all things sinister that may not be suitable for all audiences. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Um, this story is triggering for everyone. So trigger warning for the entire story. Unless you are um, a serial killer, then you're probably going to jerk off to this. But you know what? Um, <laughs> Start off with a bang. Start now. Yeah, you know us. You know how we are. Anyway. Uh, so we are talking about Richard Ramirez, a.k.a. Ooh. the Night Stalker. Cheers to the first word. Oh, yeah. This is a good one. Oh, yeah. And um, he was a rapist, a murderer, a burglar, and, uh, yeah, that's that's him. Don't forget um, a model. I'm kidding. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> whatever. Um, and a Satanist. So. Love it. He <gasps> murdered at least. 20 women um rumor is it's between 20 and 30 um he raped at least eight women as well so again serial rapist and it was all within a very short time frame he was born february 29th 1960 so we are kicking off pisces season mm -hmm. bye bye aquarius hello pisces um, Pisces season is February 19th through March 20th, just in case you all need to know that. Um, sometimes it's kind of nice to see where their birthdays, like, fit in yeah. the zodiac sign. He's literally right in the middle. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about Pisces, but particular, particularly focusing on Richard Ramirez. So, I mean, we could read about Pisces all day, like, their strengths and their weaknesses, but I want to talk strictly about Richard. Um, Pisces or Richard, uh, they are highly influenced by other people, um, tend to be independent. They work best alone. They can become obsessive in a very short period of time mm. and they have an escapist tendency. 
So with this being said, they have a very active imagination and their minds create visionaries. They often daydream about good things and bad, but when it's bad, they imagine literally the worst in their brains and can act on it. So high highs, low lows. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, and those are the, the key pieces of Richard Ramirez and being a Pisces. And it's very crazy in this story, you know, thinking about this because he was very influenced by other people. He is independent. He's very secretive. Um, he's he becomes obsessive in a yeah. very short period of time. Definitely so, a short period. Yeah, and then the imagination and fascination about it all—it yeah. just like it all fits him to a T. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, first serial killer not born in California or on the West Coast. Holy shit! Good job, California. Um, yeah, I mean he does go back to California, but. <laughs> Uh, he was actually born in El Paso, Texas. Uh, he's the youngest of five kids, two parents, Julian and Mercedes Ramirez. Julian was a Mexican native, uh, and he was also a former policeman in Juarez, Mexico. Um, he was an alcoholic, and he was very, very abusive to all of the children um, and his wife. How many kids again? Sorry. Five. Five. Got yep. it. And wow. he, Richard was the youngest of five. So, needless to say, he had a very, very bad home life. Um, the abuse was very bad, very physical. I mean, I, we're not saying, like, harsh spankings, like, bruising on the butt. We're talking about, like, his dad would beat them unconscious. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. bloody, unconscious, like, near-death beatings. Right. From a very, very young age. Um, I actually, I don't know how true this is, but I read a story about whenever he was two years old, his dad beat him so hard that he passed out and ended up, like, pissing himself and oh. defecating on him. Yeah. Like, it was really bad. And oh. mom thought that he was dead. Wow. Yeah. So, um, that is how bad his childhood was, which is very, very sad. And that will play a key part in the very end of the story when uh, we kind of talk about a, a psychologist um, who talks to Richard whenever he's in prison. So, so sad. It is very sad. Um, so, you know, don't want to talk about a lot of the abuse because you clearly know kind of what happened. But I do want to fast forward to when he was 12 years old. Um, in 1972, Richard, or as they would call him, Richie, family would call him Richie. Cute. Uh, yeah, cute. Uh, he looked up to his older cousin, Miguel, um, or Mike. Uh, Miguel was in the military, and he was a Green Beret. Uh, he was also known as a badass. Uh, he was also a combat veteran in the Vietnam War. Damn. Yeah. I don't know what a Green Beret is, but... It's like just a high-status military rank. Assumed. Yeah. So, um, and unfortunately, I mean, fortunately, but unfortunately, it's most of the time in combat. Like, oh, that's okay. how they get that status. Got so, it. Got it. but I mean, again, why I said a badass, because technically, you know, he was. Yeah. Um, well, this kind of went south because uh, he was also a serial killer. His cousin was a serial killer. Wait, I don't killer. think I knew that. Well, you're or maybe going, I forgot. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. This is a wild turning point in Richard maybe Ramirez's life. Fuck, <laughs> it could be. Um, so he was a serial killer actually in Vietnam, um, and he was a rapist. 
Yeah. Uh, Miguel would brag about the brutal war crimes that he did, and he took, he had Polaroid pictures of all of his victims. So were these other soldiers, or were these people of where the area they were in? People of the area. Oh. Innocent people. It's yeah. funny. It's yeah. bad. It's really bad. Um, so he had Polaroid photos of the victims, uh, both photos during the crimes while they were happening and when they were done. Um, and he would show these photos to Richard at 12 years old. Okay. Can you imagine? It's one thing to be like, yo, look, I broke my arm once. Like, here's my arm snapped in half. But it's like, here's a person that I killed and I took a picture of it. Yeah. Can't even imagine. And at the age of 12 years old, I mean, you clearly already have a terrible home life, home life and you're looking for like some sort of outlet and positivity yeah. and then you have your cousin here showing you pictures of him and condoning it raping basically. and killing people yeah the one person that you like look up to and have yeah. for you to have a conversation is like yeah oh yeah right i, I like to oh by people. the way here's what i do in my spare time gosh yeah so, oh, it's crazy so the photos are said to have included uh vietnam or vietnamese women who were raped mm-hmm. murdered and dismembered uh, many of the women and girls, because they were young girls or children, uh, and the photos are shown to be bound to trees with rope uh, before Mike or Miguel raped them. Um, he also showed pictures of, you know, prior to they were dead and postmortem, um, and after he, or pictures of after he had killed them. And most of them, he decapitated the, them with a machete. Okay, was he fighting war at all? I feel like I know. this is very time-consuming. I know. Right? Yeah, I mean, and it's almost hard to believe that, like, someone else wasn't, like, in on it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Or that at least they or it wasn't, knew like, a group it. effort. Yeah. yeah. I know. that's a lot. And you're in a foreign yeah. country and at war where you know they've got, like, strict guidelines as far right. as, you know... Yeah. Checking in with your squad. You would think, I don't know. You would think, think that works, they wouldn't but really have that much freedom. Yeah, like that. I know what I guess. So, in some of the photos, Miguel would actually pose with the severed heads of the women that he had sexually assaulted uh, and murdered. Um, so, you know, fast forward to when Richard was actually arrested. Um, you know, and in prison, a psychologist had asked him about this situation. He was mm-hmm. like. Because he was talking about his childhood, and he said, so, did those photos bother you? Like, seeing those as a kid, did they bother you? And he said, no. He actually formed an infatuation with the photos, and it inspired him. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So sad. Wild, right? Um, Fast forward, I think part of my notes didn't say... Oh, no, just kidding. Um, I was like, whoa, wait a second. Like, just make um, it up. It's fine. Yeah. No, I was going to tell the story. I'm like, there's a bigger story in here, and I'm not seeing it in my notes. Um, but Miguel taught Richard how to kill, how to hide, how to get away with rape and murder, and essentially taught him how to be the night stalker. So how to do all of these activities in the middle of the night. And this started when he was 12? 12, 12 years old. Yep. Um, so continuing at this time, you know, Richard would stay with his cousin a lot. He didn't want to stay home. 
um, you know, to be around as if he was a father. Um, or he would often sleep in a cemetery. Wow. Yeah. That takes some balls. It does. Because I don't care what your beliefs are or what. You should see her in a cemetery <laughs> at night. <laughs> if you haven't already seen the video of that, yeah, next time, next time, guys, that we hang out in a cemetery. <laughs> No, oh, I don't care funny. who you are. Being in a cemetery is oh, creepy, sure. but it being in a creepy. cemetery at night, it doesn't matter what the reason is. You're it's going a whole to see a loved level. one. You're pulling over to take a pee. I don't care. Like, it's terrifying. It is. Yeah. And definitely. he's sleeping. He's sleeping. So, you know, this is the time where he starts uh, his infatuation with Satanism. Okay. Too. So, you know, he's sleeping in a cemetery. He's, you know, looking into, like, Satanism and finding this fascination. He also finds a fascination with the band ACDC, but mostly the album Highway to Hell. Mm. So that was something, I guess, that he would listen to all the time. Like, he would just obsess with that album and listen to it all the time. I think associating, like, let's say that song specifically with Satanism yeah. are, like, people who associate God Bless the Broken Road by Rascal Flatts as, like, a Christian song. <laughs> right. And it's like, okay, just because it says God, God doesn't mean yeah, it's just a Christian it says song. Hell doesn't yeah. mean that it's anything about the yeah. devil. I know. That's funny. I know. So, uh, fast forward um, a year later, year and a half later, May 4th, 1973, uh, Richard actually witnessed his cousin Miguel shoot and kill his wife. Uh, they got into an altercation and Miguel shot her in the face. What? Yeah. Yep. So, um, you know, similar to Richard being infatuated uh, and fascinated by, you know, the brutal pictures that his cousin had showed him of the women, the girl, women and girls, uh, he was also, like, fascinated watching this murder take place, like, right in front of him. So, was it a situation he was like, hey, come on over, I'm going to kill my wife? Or was no, just Richard happened to be there? No, he was just there. Yeah, and an altercation took place, they got into a fight, and he pulled out a gun, shot and killed her. Shot her in the face. Did they have kids? No. Okay, thank mm-hmm. God. So, uh, obviously, the cops were called, and Miguel was arrested. He was incarcerated for, like, three or four years. Um, but he actually was found not guilty due to having PTSD from the war. Okay, that does not mean you're not guilty of murder. Right. That means you have mental health issues that... And you're still guilty. ...cause you to murder. You right. still committed murder. Yep. That's kind of like, there was that one show, I forget where it was, where the girl would sleepwalk, and she stabbed her boyfriend, husband, and killed him in her sleep. Yes. Um, but it's like, but you still did it. Like, yeah. I know you maybe didn't intentionally do it, or like it was an accident, but you still but did you it. But you still killed him. Oh. And I don't fucking believe that. Anyway, she knows what she did. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no. Bitch. That dumb bitch. Um, after uh, witnessing this, uh, Richard kind of withdrew from his family. Um, he moved in with his older sister, Ruth, uh, who he was actually fairly close to. Um, but her husband at the time was an obsessive stalker and peeping Tom. Okay, wait. Ruth's husband. Yes. Was that mm-hmm. on other women? Mm-hmm. Damn, it's like these people don't catch a break. It's like every other person in the family. There's some weird shit going on. 
So at 14 years old, um, you know, him and I didn't even get the husband's name because I truly didn't think his name really mattered. For all purposes, we'll just call him Shithead. Right. Uh, Richard and Shithead would wander the streets in the middle of the night and they would peep on women. And literally, this is where he learned how to stalk people and how to stalk his potential victims. I don't know why I'm smiling. I'm picturing like... Like a neighborhood watch. Oh, but yeah. A neighborhood, like, peeping organization. Yeah. It's wild. Like the HOA, except they gather and they talk about the people that they're poaching or whatever. Right. Yikes. I know. I don't know how many how many bad people can end up in, like, this circle, but we're at, like, three. Yeah, oh, we're four. at, like, everyone. Yeah. I know. So. It's crazy. The poor guy, like, never really had a chance, no. to be honest. And, and it makes you like wonder. Yeah. You know, like, what if he wouldn't have been abused or uh, by his or dad? Or what if he wasn't involved with his cousin? Right. Yeah. You just don't know. You don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so he's 14 years old, you know, at this time, and this is when he starts using drugs. Um, that's one thing about Richard Ramirez is he was always fucked up. Like, he was always on drugs. He was always seeking and looking for an outlet. But at this time, he started, he went straight to LSD. It wasn't, he started with smoking weed or drinking. I mean, he went hardcore. Yep, straight to LSD. Um, and his uh, fatuation with Satanism just kept continuing to grow. And um, I also wrote a thing about how he said when he was messed up on LSD, he would see the devil, which I fucking believe it. Like well, that, yeah, you're on hallucinogenic, fucking your brain up. You probably are seeing the devil. It's like if people yeah. do shrooms and look at themselves in the in the Why mirror. Why did you at me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I like when people do heroin, like. Um, no, it's like when people do shrooms and look at themselves in the mirror. Oh, yeah. They see, that. like, the worst possible <gasps> shit. And, you know, some people see the devil. I, and there are I some people it. who see, I don't know, shooting stars, magical, magical fairies. fairies. Okay, and yeah, just for people oh, for to sure. understand and to make sure we're on the same page, when we talk about Satanism... We are just talking about some, like, a religion that believes that Satan is, like, what Christians see as God. Correct. Like, Satan is the ruler of Correct. everything. Correct. And then that does involve... Violence and murder and everything bad. Yes. Literally everything bad. Okay. That's are there Satanists on that. who believe that, but they, like, don't murder people? Yeah, I would say probably not all Satanists. They probably don't all murder people, but I would say... They do like I would, I don't know. I don't know about it. I don't really give a shit to know anybody that's a Satanist. But you know what? If you're a Satanist and if you haven't murdered anyone, tell us the bad things that you've done. Because I'm fucking curious. <laughs> Are you sacrificing, like, goats or dogs or not oh. Not people? I mean, I want, I'm curious. Yeah, like, I am too. You know what I mean? Like, because or what bad things are you doing? To you be know, fair, like... I was having this conversation the other day where someone said, oh, so-and-so is an atheist, and that's scary. And I'm like, well, just just to be clear, atheists and Satanists are not the same thing. Not at all. Like, atheists just don't believe in a higher power. They believe in science. It's just a a no-God world. And so I'm like, 
Now, I'm sure there are atheists who are bad people and, oh, give, for sure. and give atheism a bad rap. But there are Christians that are terrible fucking people. Yeah. Hence what just happened the other day with a, a guy named Chuck. Hashtag blessed in his Facebook profile. Yeah. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> First of all, if anyone uses hashtag blessed unironically, bye. Bye. No. <laughs> you can only do that if you are making fun of people like Chuck. Right. So... Yeah, don't be a chuck. But anyway, that being said, yeah. I'm just curious if it's kind of one of those... I'm not condoning Satanism, but I wonder if Yeah, I don't know. Like, there's break-offs of it that are like, oh, we just think Satan's a good guy, but, like, you know, we'll kill a chicken every now and then or something, but they don't, like... Actually hurt people or, like, do really bad things. Or is there, like, yeah, spells I don't know. involved or, like... Yeah. Chants. Yeah, I don't know. Robes. <laughs> yeah. No <laughs> idea. Rape. Anyway... <laughs> Uh, anyway, leave uh, us a comment to all the Satanists <laughs> out there listening. We're curious. <laughs> uh, so 1975, again, a year later, he's 15 years old. Um, he entered a random woman's room. Uh, he was stalking her. Uh, entered her room, and he attempted to rape her. Her husband came in, and uh, Richard ran off. They instantly called the police, but they were out of town, and so they didn't want to stay for the trial, and they ended up not showing up for the trial, so all charges were dropped. Yikes. And at this time, this is when, you know, not only is he being a peeping Tom and stalking people, but he's stalking people primarily to burglarize their home. At this time, it's not so much the rape, even though this was kind of like a one-off situation, Mm -hmm. He's looking to burglarize these people. Okay. And then probably just didn't think the husband was home and thought he could get, like, a two-for-one. Right. Good stuff. Hang on. Okay. Anyway. Back in. And we are back. Okay. Uh, so, continuing on, uh, 17 years old, two years later, 1977, um, he was living with his cousin, you know, Miguel, the one okay. who got out of prison. Uh, Mike. Yes, Killer Mike. Um, and this is where they kind of grew a bond together of <laughs> over drugs and alcohol. Yikes. So they were drinking, they were doing drugs, and they often talked about things that they wanted to do to women, especially if they had free reign. So, like, no laws. No laws. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the following year, 1978, he moved to L.A. Uh, he, had a, he had family that lived there. Um, and he was just kind of over the Texas area, wanted to live out in California, um, and he was able to get weed relatively cheap in Texas, so he took it out to California and started selling weed. Uh, he apparently made quite a bit of money off of this, um, but not enough because he was stealing cars, um, you know, not only to, you know, sell them, but also to sleep in them, and he was literally stealing cars with valuables in them so he could make money off of them. (laughs) Um, and this is when his coke addiction set in. So, uh, from here on out, he was a heavy cokehead. So, LSD, spouting weed, and now our coke. Got yep. it. <coughs> yep. Uh, one summer night in 1978, he beat and raped a woman. Um, he bound her as well, so tied her up. The woman uh, ended up living. She didn't die, so he didn't kill her. And she never freaking pressed charges. Okay, wait. <laughs> yeah. 
So she clearly saw him, knew who it was. I don't know about that. I read about this first woman, and it's kind of 50-50. People are saying she was random, like a homeless woman, and they did drugs Mm. together. Um, But other other sources said that it was literally completely random, and he just... Uh, like kind of like pulled her around wherever they were at and just started beating her and raping her. Wow. Yeah. So I couldn't get the specifics, but you know, I would guess it's probably more so the first one where they're probably doing drugs and yeah, because for someone did not test charges, right? Um, he did spend time in prison up until 1983, so a couple of years, actually more than that, like four years. Um, but it had nothing to do with the violent crimes. It was just with the burglary and the theft. Wow. Yeah. Yep. So here we get into the meat and potatoes. You ready? I'm starving. Okay. Well, you're about to get full. Um, April 10th, 1984. Uh, this is very triggering, very bad. He murdered a nine-year-old girl named Mei Ling um, in his apartment building basement in San Francisco. Mei Ling was with her younger brother. Uh, She ended up losing a dollar bill and was kind of looking all over the apartment building for it, like in the hallways and outside and stuff. And Richard was like, oh, well, follow me. I know where the dollar is at. And uh, he led them down to the basement, and um, that's where he beat her. He strangled her. He raped her, then he stabbed her to death, to death, and he hung her nude body from a pipe by her shirt. Oh my gosh. One, and Shih Tzu named Mei Ling. Oh, um, did you really? <laughs> yes, I did. Wow. Um, but also, this sounds like another story. Wasn't there another guy who hung a child's body in the basement, or am I literally No, I I thought that same thing, too, whenever I was researching this. I'm like, I swear to God, somebody else did the same thing. You know what it was? What? I was watching some scary Netflix show, and I think that was in the show. That was it about Richard Ramirez? No. it, It was some, like, actually, maybe it was. I want to say it was about a haunted house, which I can't even believe I would be watching that. Yeah, no kidding. And I think it was like flashing back, like one of the hauntings was of the girl that was hung in the basement. But this was in a home, so it definitely wasn't Richard Ramirez, because that's an apartment complex, right? Yeah, it was an apartment complex. But, I mean, I thought kind of the same thing. I'm like, this kind of sounds familiar. familiar, Or maybe it wasn't a child. Maybe it was just a woman being hung from the pipe. I I don't know. But I thought it was kind of the same thing. Um, And that's just overkill. Oh, for sure. It's overkill. Yeah. Like, so. Yeah. I know. Scary. So, um, nobody ever speculated that he did this to her. Um, you know, and he still lived in that apartment. Like the known like, criminal wasn't right. suspected. And one thing too, I had read about. I was like, where did the brother go? I don't know if like, cause from what I read, the brother wasn't present. Like he didn't see Richard do it. Mm-hmm. So it's like her and her brother were looking for this dollar bill, but where did he go? Like, did he just go back home? Like into the maybe, apartment, maybe and she Richard. was like, "Oh, I'll go look with him. You go look at home, or you go look over there, and I'll go look over here." And maybe yeah. Richard said something. That was one piece of information that I could not find out. Was where did her brother go? And that kid's gonna have so much trauma, knowing oh, and so much guilt, yeah, in his life, which is so sad. Yeah, 
Which, mm. what could he have done? He was eight years no, old. No, yeah, there's nothing he could have I done. Know. But you just know naturally oh, he's going to be yeah. like, it could have been me. I could have said no. We could have blah, blah, blah. But yeah, you're right. eight. Eight years old. So two months later, June 28th, he murdered a 79-year-old woman named Jenny. So 70 years older than Huge. his first victim. Hugely. Uh, she was found in her apartment in L.A. She was stabbed repeatedly in the head, neck, and chest while asleep in her bed. Her throat was slashed so deep that he almost decapitated her. Um, Richard Ramirez left a fingerprint on the window screen where he had stalked her for days before. Um, and he then burglarized her home so he could afford his coke addiction and pay his bills. And I'm sure we'll get into his looks later on. Yes. But he was a scary looking guy. Very, I mean, like, like dead, he, like dead eyes. Like dead eyes there, and like there is no one there. cheekbones. Yes. Dark that, hair. Dark features. Long hair. So like, mm, skinny. Kind Not of that frail. I would want any, ser- any person, like, to be in my house, like, to wake up and see someone, but, like, right. him especially, like, he's, I'm sorry, someone who looks like they're on drugs. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So. so, March 17th, 1985, um, he attacked a 22-year-old girl named Maria outside of her home in her mm. driveway in Rosemead, California. He shot her in the face then pulled her into her garage. She survived, by the way, which is insane, and I'll tell you how here in a second. Um, she played dead until Richard left the scene fully. Uh, after he thought that she was dead, he went inside, um, and Maria's roommate, Daly, was home. Uh, she heard Whenever she heard the gunshot, she ducked beneath the kitchen counter. Stupid. Anyway, it's like you watch a scary movie, and she, like, peeks over the countertop, <laughs> I'm not kidding. She did. She peeked over the countertop to see if he was gone, and he shot and killed her. <gasps> yeah. Okay, yeah. wait. This other girl the was roommate. shot in the driveway. Yep. So after he kill or thinks that he kills her, yep. he goes inside. He goes inside. Yep. Yep. <sighs> but, so, like, what, what do you do in that situation? Just hide? I probably would have just stayed hidden until I heard him leave. Like, why yeah. Why are you peeking? It's not her fault at No. All. Not no, her no, no. fault, but it's like a scary movie. It's like, you see it, and you're like, oh, my God, don't do it. Yeah. And she did it. Yeah. So, um, but Maria survived because when she saw him coming to attack her, she had her keys in her hand, and she put her hands, like, in front of her face, and her keys blocked the bullet, and the bullet ricocheted off of her keys, but it, like, barely skimmed her face. So it did, like, shoot her in the face or in the head, so yeah. it looked like. Probably she looked got way worse. Way worse than it was. And she survived. I I would just say this about the old lady too. Like getting stabbed in the head. I think head wounds are like oh. some of the most oh my terrifying. God. Everything is so delicate. Everything is so I, I mean obviously imagine. getting like shot in the heart or something, it's also gonna Yeah be delicate. Right. But like your face. Oh, for mm. sure. Yeah. I know. Um, an hour later, Richard pulled a 30-year-old uh, woman out of her car. Her name was Sai, uh, in the Monterey Park area, which wasn't far away, like 10 minutes away. Um, he shot her twice and killed her uh, and took off. She died on the way to the hospital. And this was the same day? Yeah, like 30 minutes later. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
So the media caught attention from all of this activity, and this is when they said, okay, we have a serial killer. Um, Maria was able to give the, uh, a sketch to the sketch artist, and she had said, you know, he was tall, skinny, uh, sunken in face, and then he had dark, curly hair. Yeah. Um, this is when they started calling him the walk-in killer and the valley intruder. So, not quite yet the Night Stalker. And it is kind of crazy that they're already piecing together a serial killer because the M.O., other than him burglarizing, right. the M.O. is all, all over, the, over place. the place. And, like, in yeah. very violent ways, but... Um, but different, like hanging oh, the sure. girl and then stabbing the old lady in the face and then point blank shooting this other girl. So right. it's like, it's, it's, how could you make those, the, good for them for at least connecting the Oh, dots, for sure. But for sure. Uh, so March 27th, 1985, only 10 days later, uh, Richard had been stalking the home of Vincent and Maxine. Uh, he breaks into their home at 2 a.m. Oh, that's so scary. He had been stalking them for a year because a year prior he burglarized them. Oh my god. What? I said stalk. Oh. <laughs> I'm over I'm here like, for those not watching. I'm pointing <laughs> for her to take a drink. And she's like, what the fuck are you doing? I thought it was because you could hear them. And I'm like, oh, it's mine. <laughs> So, uh, he killed Vincent, the husband, while he was sleeping in bed. Maxine woke up. She obviously slept in a different room. Uh, Maxine woke up from the gunshot, and Richard beat her and bound her hands. Uh, Maxine was able to escape the bonds, and she was getting a shotgun underneath her bed, and she went to shoot Richard, but there were no bullets in the gun. The gun wasn't loaded. So Richard got pissed, uh, beat her, well, shot her three times, and mutilated and beat her body uh, by stabbing her over a hundred times. Um, he then removed her eyes and put her eyes in a jewelry box that he took and kept with him as a souvenir, um, which was found in his apartment whenever he was arrested. Um, their son found, their, found his parents murdered, called 911, and the only evidence found at the house was a pair of shoe prints. Okay, wait. Son. Was son in the house when this took place? No, he came home like, okay, hours came later home. the next day. But he's, like, still living in the house? Like, that's still... Or he was, like... I don't know. I didn't adult. see if he was living or if he just came by and saying, Man, hey, can dad. you? Okay, the whole no bullets in the shotgun, that is something That's out of terrifying. a movie. That's terrifying. Ugh. Can you imagine? She's like thinking, oh, you just killed my husband. I'm going to kill you. And she shoots to pull the trigger and nothing, nothing happens. No. That's terrifying. And it's crazy, too, because I feel like people... I would, I don't know the actual number, but I would say that if you've mm. got a gun in your house for protection, the the amount of times in life, unless you just live in a really bad neighborhood, that you would need that gun. Oh my gosh. Should be probably like slim to nine. One. Yeah. <laughs> like, and the one time you need it and you mm. go to pull the trigger. Work. Mm. I know. That's so sad. Yep. 
So again, the police uh, at this time, you know, they knew that there was a serial killer at large, but they were determined. They're like, okay, hang on a second. It's 10 days after the previous situation. Now we're kind of connecting some dots here. So uh, fast forward two months later, May 29th, 1985, Richard uh, had stolen a car um, and he, and that was typically what he would do. He would steal a car and then he would dump it after he would commit these crimes. Um, he drove to Monrovia, California. He broke into the home of 83-year-old Mabel. Uh, Mabel lived with her 81-year-old disabled sister named Florence. Um, he found a hammer and bludgeoned Florence. Uh, he also bound her. He then went and bludgeoned and bound Mabel. Um, and then he used an electric cord to shock her. What the heck? Yeah. He went back and he raped Florence, a disabled sister. Who's dead now? Well, she wasn't dead. She was she was alive. Oh, okay. Um, he had just, like, bludgeoned her, so not to death. But, okay. Um, this is where he grabs some of Mabel's lipstick, and he drew a pentagram on the inside of Florence's thigh and on all of the walls in the bedroom. So he drew pentagrams all over the walls. Uh, both women were found alive two days later. However, they were in a comatose state. Mabel, the older sister, died of injuries in the hospital, and Florence lived. Wow. I was just getting ready to say, I wonder how much of this plays into the Satanism. Yeah, this is well, when it's starting. And maybe that's why he was so violent. I don't. I mean, I, again, I don't know. Oh, absolutely. That's part of it, but he, and you know, I'm not really getting much into like his drug use or whatever. But I did say prior, you know, whenever he would do drugs, he would have like visions that he's talking to yeah. the devil, and that you know he was told that he needed to do the worst of the worst to women and people. Yeah. So whenever you go and commit these crimes, make them as brutal as possible. Like that is what he thought he was being told to do. Yikes. Yeah. So this is when he starts drawing the pentagrams was in 1985. Um, and this was kind of like his MO in a way. This is how, um, you know, the investigators and the authorities knew that it was the same guy mm -hmm. because he was consistently doing these satanic things. I wonder where the old person comes in. Cause a lot of guys are serial killers, typically men. Yeah. Um, they get their M.O.s a lot of from trauma. Yeah. So I'm like, where does the old lady thing? Were they just easy? Well, and it kind of, it wasn't just old ladies. I mean, it was people right. from the age of 20 to their 80s. But, yeah, it's weird. It's and like, why not kids. 20 to 60? Why why elderly people? Yeah. I mean, the range is all over the place. But. I know. I don't know. And. I mean, it's not typical for serial killers to go after men, yeah. but the, I just feel like there's a lot of old people. Oh, there are. So Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I think it was more so, um, from what I had read, he would stake out and stalk people who had the most valuable stuff. Mm -hmm. And if you think about folks yeah. that are older, um, even like 50 and above, they're, most of the time, I don't want to say all 50 and above <clears throat> are like... Uh, rich by any means but they typically a lot of them have nice things and well, so for him they have a lot of valuables they have jewelry they have antiques they have things that he can make money off of and if you think about 
you know, 70s, that age in the 80s, those are yeah. people who were taught, like, that was kind of the generation that had, like, retirements yeah. and savings and, that, like, you right. invested in gold and China right. and... Right, all those things. All those things that we don't do anymore. But I definitely. So, yeah, that. that makes sense then. Yeah. Because I forgot about the whole burglary mm-hmm. situation on top of the murder. Yeah. Um. So, the rest of 1985, there were 12 more attacks, um, some that he, that resulted in murder. Um, but his MO were kind of, it was kind of the same now. Uh, you know, like I said, he would stalk people that would have valuables. Um, they could be single or married. Um, they could be like Mabel and Florence you know, sisters, or they could be a couple, or they could be college kids. The age range did not matter. It didn't matter at all. Um, But typically, in every single one of them, he would rape the women. Ooh. Mm Mm-hmm. Man. And then continuing with his MO, he would always bound them. He would always beat them. And, you know, killing them would depend. He would strangle some of them. He would shoot others. Or he would stab some. So it was kind of like You just don't know. You know, there's like Ted Bundy where it was like the brunette thing and like a certain age. And this guy is just all All over the place. Even if you were, he's like, well, he'll burglarize you. His MO is um, wealth and valuables. But it's like, but that's a huge Huge range range of people. Yeah. I mean, back in those days, that could have just been a normal middle class family. So... Yeah, and, you know, something to note, too, is on every single one of these, he was then drawing the pentagrams, or he would write devil on the wall, or Satan on the wall, or whatever, and so, um, you know, they knew that it was the same person. There are so many attacks that are just like the ones that we've talked about, Um, but I am going to fast forward from May to August 24th, 1985. Uh, he broke into the home of Bill and Inez um, in Mission Viejo, California. He entered the bedroom where the couple was sleeping, and he shot Bill three times in the head. Um, he told Inez that he was the night stalker. I'm sorry, you said that like three times. Mm-hmm. He forced her to swear that she loved Satan as he beat her and bounded her. He dragged her body to another room and he raped her. He demanded she swear to Satan that she didn't have any other money or valuables that he wasn't able to find in the home. I hate to break it to you, but she's willing to lie to Satan. Yeah, right? Uh, Everything she's saying is a lie. Uh, Before he left, she told her, tell them, this is quoted, tell them the Night Stalker was here. And that is where he got his name, the Night Stalker. This is where the cockiness and the I'm never going to get caught. So it's honestly, listen, it's kind of a good thing when they start getting crazy like this. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously people are going to die and get hurt and things are going to be bad. Yeah. (laughs) You know my situation? Shut up. Oh, I was like, wait, why did that just happen? Um, (laughs) But... Oh, I know. The cocking and, like, the having a symbol that you are are setting yourself. We are now on the path to catching you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, she was able to free herself. She ran to the neighbors, called 911. Her husband survived. Oh, poor 
So <laughs> her husband survived. He went to he the was hospital shot three times, three times in the head. They were able to. Is this guy just a horrible aim? Well, like, he's also too, and I failed to note. He's using a twenty-two shotgun. No, like a handgun. Oh. And twenty-two bullets are tiny. Clearly it's like nothing about yeah. That. Well, I know you don't. Twenty-two <laughs> bullets are tiny. It's like a little bit bigger than a BB gun. So is, is it, it just what he had, or was there like what's what do you think the psychology behind that is? I don't think there's any psychology around it at all. I just think he chose the wrong weapon. Because a lot of the people that he shot in the face, he shot with a twenty two gun. And And those bullets are little. Like, yeah, if you shoot that person in the right spot, they're going to die because of bleeding. Right. Right? But depending where you shoot them, like, they could live. Well, but so far, people have. I don't know if he's just lived. not maybe aware that those people live. Like, no, because he he's taken it. off. Yeah. yeah. He's leaving. But you would think, he'd be like, oh, I should probably. I should probably go finish that. Um, yeah, so they were able to remove two out of the three bullets out of his head, and he lived. That's insane. Can you imagine no. that kind of trauma? You were no. shot in the head? No. Ugh. So that night, the police got a sketch from uh, the wife, Inez, uh, and, you know, kind of same thing. The sketch stayed very similar to the prior sketch, except there wasn't curly hair. It was straight, long, black hair. Um, Could he actually change his hair? No, I think the first girl was confused. I mean, if you look at pictures of Richard Ramirez, his hair was never, like, curly, curly. It was kind of, like, wavy. Yeah. So, or it was, like, straight with some, like, waves. Just like a so, discrepancy of the word curly. Right. Probably. Because it what I just remember like the wefty looking yeah, fluffy yeah. hair. Yep. Yep. And we'll But show I can also you see all. where some people might describe that as curly. Yeah, and it wasn't like I'll show you. It wasn't like I mean if I look at his hair, yeah. It's not Curly, curly. No, it's but it is like, it's like flippy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, ugh, I know. He looks like a skeleton with skin. Yeah, he really does. Gross. Speaking of the guy that played him, did you ever watch American yeah. Horror Story? Oh no, I didn't watch American Horror Story. I can't oh. watch it. I can't oh, watch that. Okay, well the guy too. that played Richard Ramirez in American Horror Story, this guy. Killed it. Yeah. You should just watch that, that part. Episode? Not the whole episode, because the episode's kind of fucked up. But just this part. It's like 20 minutes of the episode. It's wild and spot on. It's so creepy. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, anyway, so new sketch. Uh, there were shoe prints left in the home. And fingerprints left in the car. So again, his MO, he would steal a car, he would go do the deed, and then he would abandon the car. Well, normally he would wipe his prints and make sure, you know, nothing was left in the car that could connect him to the crime, except he forgot a fingerprint on the rear view mirror. Police were able to match his fingerprint to him, you know, previously oh, yeah. being incarcerated just two years prior. Yeah. Um, and they determined it was a match to Richard Ramirez. So August 29th, two days later, the police decided to release a mugshot of Richard from back whenever he was arrested uh, for auto theft. And they labeled him as the Night Stalker. And hold on. Are you going to get into, like, the correlations of 
Night Stalker and original Night Stalker and all that fun stuff. I mean, I wasn't planning on it. I well, was I was just, just going to say, oh, it is crazy yes. that the Golden State Killer was yes. happening during all of this. And they yes. called him the Night Stalker. The Night Stalker. They and did. so I'm sure that, like, honestly, I know that there's a lot of flaws in the system and how this works. But it's also amazing that they were dealing with so many serial killers at this time very similar mo's at some points yes. that it's like that they could distinguish the differences absolutely and thank god at least with richard ramirez they were thorough with finding fingerprints because honestly like you said up yeah. until this point he's left nothing so you would yeah i mean typically you'd be like okay they're not going to be thorough going forward because they know he's not going to leave fingerprints but they continue right. to look yes until they found one perfect one fingerprint that was a so match. it that's pretty rare especially for that time that yeah. police would be that thorough and be able to connect things oh for sure the way they did with him for sure so that's yeah. awesome i know thank god um the police said quoted we know who you are and soon everyone else will there will be no place for you to hide boom a day later uh richard took the bus to Tucson, Arizona to go and visit one of his brothers. He had no idea at this point in time that he was all over the news. Didn't look at the news. Didn't look at the newspapers. Uh, got to his brother's house. Brother wasn't home. So got back on a bus and turned around and came back home the next day. And back they're to just LA. tracking him this whole time. Tracking him the whole time. They saw that he bought a bus ticket to go to Arizona. So they were staking out the bus stop. Richard Ramirez gets off the bus, walks off the bus, and walks past police officers right next to them. Walks into a convenience store. They didn't see him. He walks into this convenience store, and he noticed on the front page of a new newspaper, <laughs> there's a picture of him, and he's labeled El Metador, which is the killer in Spanish. And he sees it, and he panics, and he runs across the street. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, it makes sense. What's weird about that, I mean, it makes sense because he's homeless and, you know, on the run constantly. Yeah. But, like, a lot of serial killers who, like, they have this narcissistic, uh, like, God complex, so they keep track of themselves. Oh, for sure. And he clearly didn't, he which didn't is pretty at weird. all. At all. So, I do, this came from Wikipedia. I thought it was perfectly put, so I have to read it verbatim. Um, it says, after he saw the newspaper uh, article, uh, he ran across the Santa Ana freeway. He then attempted to carjack an unlocked Ford Mustang, but was pulled out by an angry person, uh, this man named Faustino. Uh, Ramirez ran, kept running, uh, and attempted to take the car keys from a woman named Angelina. Uh, the woman's husband, Manuel, witnessed this. And struck him over the head with a fence post in this pursuit. A group of 10 people formed and chased Richard down the street. Then the same group of citizens forced and held Richard down relentlessly and beat him. 
At around 8 a.m., the police were called over a disturbance in the area with very few details with an indication of a fight. They had no idea these people were holding Richard Ramirez hostage and literally those beating people, him. Those people are the best people at the party. Fuck yeah, they like, are. They're like, guess who I beat up today? Yeah, <laughs> guess Richard who I Ramirez. up. So police quickly arrived at the 3700 block of Hubbard and found Richard severely beaten, unarmed, and took him into custody. The crowd then grew to several hundreds of people, and they were becoming very, very unruly towards Richard. They were, uh, they responded to the officer as well. I mean, they were respecting the officer and his boundaries. Um, and they were staying back when uh, then they took Richard to the Hollenbeck police station. Can you imagine, like, he's like, oh, hell no, you're not taking my Mustang. Yeah. And then, okay, where did the fence post come from? I don't know. He just, like, grabbed it or had it. He, like, ripped him over the ripped, head. Ripped, ripped out of the ground and, like, like Hulk mode. Out of him. Adrenaline. Hell, you never know. That is crazy. Wild. I, I know this story pretty well, but I could. I was trying to remember how it ended, and I do not remember it. Yeah. Yeah. Group of citizens take down a take prolific down serial killer, Richard Ramirez, and don't even know. No, no. Can you imagine? Well, what they, they knew it was Richard. That's why they took him down. Oh. Yeah, they knew it was him. He was all over the news in the newspaper. Got it. Richard didn't know he was that all he over the was. news until okay. he walked into that gas station. Oh my God. Yeah. So fast forward, uh, technically, when would this be? Three years later? Yeah, July 22nd, 1988. Uh, He was at his first court appearance, and I just thought this was crazy. Um, It was a continued uh, court appearance, but he raised his hand, and he had drawn a pentagram on it, um, and he said, Hail Satan. That's all he said. I'm going to be like, shut up, sit down with your fairy towels, okay? Sit your ass down. Satan isn't here for you today. So, no. Sorry. Yeah, sorry about your life. This um, is where Satan got you. Joe. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, good luck with that religion. Right. Um, the next month, August 3rd, 1988, jail employees heard that Richard was planning on smuggling in a gun and shooting his prosecuting, prosecuting attorney. Um, so, at any other court appearances, they had metal detectors to make yeah. sure, or even at the jail, to make sure nobody was smuggling in a gun. No one ever found the gun. So, yeah. Well, about a week and a half later, August 14th, the trial ended up being interrupted at this time. One of the jur- the jurors, her name is Phyllis, she didn't show up. It was like a no call, no show. Um, so, they ended up, uh, um, investigators um, ended up finding her in her apartment shot to death. <gasps> So, the jury, they were terrified. They were like, wait a second, is this connected to this trial? And if so, like, am I next? We'll come to find out. It wasn't connected. Okay, it wasn't related. Was it like Crazy Mike coming back into LA? Like, wasn't related. Um, Although, Richard was saying that it was related and that Mm -hmm. he had done this and it was an act of the devil and all that stuff. But it wasn't. Um, her boyfriend uh, killed her and then committed suicide. Oh my god, the coincidence! And but it would it? still make you even oh, if yeah. you knew. Like, yeah, it okay, would still be like, whoa, this is kind of weary. Yeah. Like what the hell? 
Um, maybe I want to call in sick too. Um, or convert to Satan itself. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> the next month, September 20th, uh, 19, or next, sorry, next year, on September 20th, 1989, uh, Richard was convicted on all charges, which included 13 counts of murder, with five attempted murders, 11 rapes, and 14 burglaries. And he was sentenced to die via the death sentence by gas chamber. Um, he said... Wait, that was a thing still in the 80s? Yeah. In the late 80s in California. Is mm-hmm. that still a thing? No. Not Anywhere? No. Okay. Yeah. Just want to make sure. I feel like that's really late in the game in the 80s. I know. I thought so too. Yeah. So when he got sentenced, I think you're going to enjoy this. He said, quote... Big deal. Death always went with the territory. See you in Disneyland. <laughs> wow. I. Disneyland. I, of all places. See you in Disneyland. I hate that. <laughs> How dare you bring Disney into this? Every time you, you think of Disney, God now you're and think Satan of into this. <laughs> Every time I go to Disneyland now, I'm going to be like, wow. Richard Ramirez dreamed of this day. Right, right. <laughs> Gross. I wonder what I that know. what that was all about. Maybe part yeah. of his like LSD trip trip. He was like, pre- he was like permafried, like permanently tripping. Or like he saw Disney like things. Yeah. I don't and know. then like connected Disney with mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not even gonna try and speculate yeah. on that one. I don't know either. See you in Disneyland. <laughs> What? I know. So I wrote funny story because this actually kind of is. Richard was married in San Quentin uh, prison. A woman named Doreen was obsessed with him throughout his entire trial. Uh, She wrote him over 75 letters uh, and he proposed to her in 1988. Uh, They married October 2nd, 1996. Um, and she even said that whenever he was executed, she would commit suicide. Nice. Doreen. Doreen, fuck Dumb you. Bitch. You stupid bitch. I know. But in <sighs> 2009, DNA came back to prove that Richard raped and killed nine-year-old Mei Ling. Mm-hmm. So she divorced him. She was like, oh, this is where I draw the line. You can murder and rape all the women that you want. <laughs> the kids. But this is where I, I draw the line with the nine-year-old mailing. Wow. What a dumb bitch. I know. I mean, I'm at least glad she got out of it. But, like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's backwards. I mean, yeah. I get it. Kid murder is way worse than adult murder. I oh, would agree sure. with that any day. But that doesn't mean you have to be with a murderer. <laughs> no, not at all. Not Especially at all. A, a famous serial killer. Yeah. So Richard was actually kind of like fine with this because he had other pen pals and other women writing to him. Uh, he then got engaged to a 23-year-old woman. Right after that, uh, she was a writer and a journalist. Um, a journalist. I know. And when he died, they were still engaged. But um, there were many appeals throughout, you know, his whole shit. He, he you know, tried to appeal and not get the death penalty and whatever. Everything was overturned. Um, I'm going to go to an area that psychiatrist Michael Stone said. Um, He said, Richard was made a psychopath. 
not born a psychopath. And I 100% agree with that. I do agree if you go based on the story, but you don't, like, that's not fact. It's not fact at all. And I don't think anyone will ever know fact, right, when it comes to psychopaths. Right. There's always going to be what ifs. There is. That's kind of like what we said earlier. It's like, you always think, like, okay, well, what if he wouldn't have done this? But then... You know of people and stories where ki- people are raised great, they're even spoiled, oh, and sure. then they and go they were, off the deep end. So right. it's like his analysis of this was was pretty spot on, though. He did say, you know, you think about a psychopath or a serial killer, and you think about the things that you see typically in a child. They wet the bed. They mm-hmm. kill animals. You know, they do these things, and he didn't do any of right. those. Right? He started at a late age, which is premature for a born psychopath. And so he did this extensive analysis. And he also said, this goes back to his childhood. He said, Richard had been knocked unconscious Mm -hmm. many times by the age of six and almost died on multiple occasions. He said this resulted in developing temporal lobe epilepsy manic aggression yeah. and a hypersexuality to those areas of the brain. And obviously, you know, whenever he died, they examined his brain because why would you not? And this right. was part of his analysis, which do I think serial killers are born? Sorry, I kind of do. And do I think some of them are like made or it's a learned behavior? Absolutely. I feel like it's, it's the argument of like good and bad for it's, sure. It's like, we're all, we're all born with the knowledge of good and evil. And yes, yeah. social aspects play into that. Family matters play into that. Financial status plays into that. But at the end of the day, yeah. the end of the day, we all know the basics. We all know right and wrong. Of good and bad. And yeah. so you, it's just the path you choose. But I will oh, say sure. what I can get on board with is that while other serial killers, you know, they're almost always abused as kids. They're mm-hmm. almost always poor. Um, but the difference is, is he was actually introduced to murder as a kid and a lot of serial killers aren't. So I could definitely see where that was created in him. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, and and it's so hard to say, okay, well, if you take that out of the equation, would he still have gone on to like beat and abuse and stalk and all these things? Like, yeah. But the fact that he was introduced to murder at 12, like, yeah. And introduced in like a good way, like, oh, yeah, like in a oh, positive, crazy. like, like, like oh, here's what I did. did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I know, I know. I could crazy. see the psychology behind the creation that. of the serial killer. Absolutely. So he ended up dying June seventh, two thousand thirteen, uh, due to complications and cancer. To cancer, um, he died at a hospital, and he was only fifty three years old. Cancer. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. No gas chamber for him. No, no gas chamber for him. Crazy. So sad. Okay, so in total, how many people did he murder versus what he was convicted of? So it's said between 20 and 30 that he claims to have murdered. He didn't claim to any of it. Oh, what they pieced together. Yeah, I mean, he he kind of fought his conviction throughout all of his appeals saying that, Because it kind of goes back to multiple serial killers. 
he said, you all are pinning a lot of these murders on me when it wasn't me. When you have other serial killers here, you know that, right? And they were like, well, this is the same MO. This is what you do. And he's like, okay, right. But. Yeah. I only did. He didn't really say, this is how many that I did. He was like, I'm not not agreeing. I'm not agreeing to that number type of thing. So, he was convicted of 12 with okay. five attempted um, and eight rapes. Yeah. So, he could have killed 17, um, but the number is between 20 and 30. Wow. Because there are also a lot of victims that aren't accounted for with the Golden State Killer, with the Green River Killer. Although, Green River kind of said, no, this is how many I did and this is who yeah. I killed. But there still are some that they speculate or that they never found the actual bodies. So, who knows? I mean, either way, he was killing people in such a short period of time from literally 1984 until he got caught in 1987. No, 85. Sorry, 1985. So, a year. Yeah. Which is wild. Yeah, wild. That's... Yeah. Uh, and again, like kudos to the police, the, the task force for yeah. piecing these individually together. I yeah. mean, at least they got. I mean, obviously the Golden State Killer didn't get caught till just a few years ago, but it is amazing that they yeah. were at least able to plug this guy. Yep. But what I was thinking about his looks is what really disgusts me about Richard Ramirez and mm. Ted Bundy and people of serial killers of that genre was he again was seen as well it's the reason why he was married in yeah. jail it's like he People was seen thought he was like good looking attractive and he's like if you see pictures he's like yeah. smirking right like doing like the yeah look whatever that's called yeah steal right right <laughs> <laughs> and the look of satan <laughs> yeah in another life yeah like i get it like i'm not gonna sit here and be like Ted Bundy was a troll, but it's like... But he wasn't, like, but terribly are, ugly. Like, he wasn't good-looking by any means. No, but and neither was... In, like, another life, it's like Richard Ramirez, I could see where someone's like, okay, he's a good-looking guy, but I'm like, right. but at the end of the day... They're terrible fucking people. He was a murderer. Yeah. Like, how can you sit there and be attractive? I don't yeah. care if it's fucking Ryan Reynolds. Right. <sighs> the love of my life. Oh, stop. I don't care if it's Dwayne The Rock Johnson, the other love of my life. Ew. Or Joe Rogan. Yeah, I was going to say Daddy Rogan. Daddy Rogan, who's number one. Like, I don't number care. Number one on her list. If you... Daddy Rogan. Yes. Hence why she named her dog Rogan. Yeah. A little obsessed. Yeah, right? <laughs> Just a little. Just a little obsessed. But I don't care. Like, I know. You start it's murdering people, and I'm like, ew. They just don't even care. No. I know. It's gross. It's like a, I feel like it's like a porn genre, like serial yeah. killer. Yeah. It's gross. I know. Gross. So anyway. Well, friends, that is the story of the Night Stalker. Cheers. So he wasn't, he was the Night Stalker, but Golden State Killer is known as the original Night Stalker, Correct. right? Okay. Yeah. Just want to make sure. Yeah. But Richard was like, no, bitch, this is my name. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, did he have any other names? Oh, yeah. Mm. The, uh, what was it? The Valley Intruder and... The Walk-In Yeah, the killer. Walk-In Killer. The Valley Intruder and the Walk-In Killer. I like the Walk-In Killer is, like, really scary. Yeah. It implies he just walks in and kills yeah. you. Yeah. 
Because he did. Yeah. <laughs> it implies that, yeah. but it was actually factual. Mm -hmm. So, wow, great well, story. that was Richard Ramirez, guys. He's like, what would you say, like, top five top on, five. like, U.S. Oh. most prolific? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, especially when it comes to, like, the brutality of it. Yeah. And Absolutely. Just how all over the place. Yep. It's a journey. Yeah, for sure. Well, great job. Thanks. Nice. All right. Well, friends, you know what to do. Rate, review, subscribe, download all the fun things, and uh, check out our sponsor, Color Up CBD. It's colorupco.com. Uh, get 20% off with Sinister20. Check out the Instagram, Color Up CBD, for glowing skincare. Or if your dog, dog wants some chillness yeah. in their lives. Yep, yep. You spoil your fur babies with, yep, some. with some THC because they we all know that they need it. Yes. Uh, so yeah. And thank you to our Patreons uh, yes. or patrons on yes. Patreon. Yes. If you guys want to support the podcast, you can do so for as little as a dollar. Like, yeah. come on. Stop making Donate excuses. to your favorite podcast, y'all. It's just a dollar. That's literally like a stick of gum. Yeah. If people still buy sticks of gum. I know. Like, what else is a dollar? Right. Anything at the Dollar Tree? Yeah. Skip that shit. Go yeah. support the podcast. Yes. And uh, that's it. Stay sinister, y'all. Bye.